Welcome. My name is Lee Maxey. I'm the CEO here at MindMax. And we do a series of podcasts we call Mind Maxing. And this series is called Reflections and Repositioning. And if you're wondering how higher education is dealing with the global pandemic and their positioning for the future, this podcast is for you. We'll be speaking with some very interesting and smart people who are deans and directors at some of the leading institutions in the United States, hearing about their reflections and how their institutions or how they see higher ed as a whole repositioning itself for the future. So please join me as we hear from one of our interesting guests. Hello, and welcome to a, another episode of Mind Maxing Podcasts. And I'm delighted to be here with Nancy Coleman, the Dean of Continuing Education at Harvard University. She is also the current president at UPCEA. And i um, known Nancy for a long time now, for probably over a decade. And uh, she's got a new position now at Harvard, and, and I'm really happy for her and, and delighted to have her join us and interested in her thoughts about this wild and woolly year or so that we've recently just had. And, and I'll launch right into, Nancy, what are some of your reflections um, over this past year that we've just experienced? Well, thanks, Lee. First of all, thanks for inviting me, and it's, it's great to be here today. I, you know, as you mentioned, I'm relatively new in my job. So starting in the middle of starting a job like this in the middle of a global pandemic was was quite a challenge. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I fully have a, a grasp of everything yet as, as I delve into it. But I've really been amazed at how how folks, certainly within my unit, but also within professional and continuing education, have risen to this challenge and have thought through challenges and gone to the next level uh, in the face of, um, of, of a lot of pressure and created something that I think is the foundation for the next level of, of what we do. Um, that's really that's really amazing to me. I've seen it in my team. I've heard stories from my peers about how this is working in other institutions. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of your guests have said this, that this opportunity, well, this opportunity, this pandemic and, and the coronavirus, coronavirus crisis has really given continuing ed and professional education some airtime. And I think other, other units around the university are recognizing that, boy, there's a lot of innovation and there's a lot of knowledge that exists in these units. How do we leverage them? That's certainly happen, happening at Harvard. And the challenge for us will be how do we continue to make a contribution to the university at large, continue to grow our own programs, and really just ride the wave to continue to offer value back to the um, back to the institution. I'll also say that one of the things that I was worried about right when the right when the virus hit at my previous institution, but this holds true for for other universities as well. Is I was so afraid of the progress that we've made in online education, would it be eroded by the quick shift to remote learning? Because I was concerned, I'm, I'm sure as many of your other colleagues are, that um, remote learning would be confused with online learning. And I'm very happy to say that I was so wrong about that. And in fact, the opposite is true. Um, I'm really excited every day by the stories I hear about our faculty who have now 
out of necessity scratch the surface, but now they're curious and they want to know more. And they're asking, okay, how do I take this to the next level? And how do we do this thing? So I'm really excited about what that means for the future and what that means programs. I'm really glad to hear that you're having that experience with the faculty. Uh, from a marketing perspective, I know that we are going to be challenged with uh, the market's view, uh, meaning the potential students' view of what online learning means going forward, especially in the short term, because there have been so many, I'll say, negative uh, experiences or at least reports of negative experiences of, I'll call them Zoom classes. And as you and I both know, that online education is not a Zoom class. It's so much more. And, and uh, I think we are going to need to um, redo some of the expectation setting um, of some of the people who may have had a negative experience, either with their children in a, in a K through 12 experience or, or maybe even personally. So um, at the same time, the acceptance and, and ubiquity of you know, an online experience, I think, is wonderful for all of us. Um, I have a question. I, I think you, you started in on something that I think is really interesting is, is the concept of reflection and taking time to reflect and then making some decisions. And, and I'm interested because I know in our society, that's not something that happens a lot. So, you know, the, the trite expression of, of we're supposed to be human beings, not human doings. Um, and, and we tend to act you know, all the time and are busy all the time. And this has definitely created space for everyone. Um, what are some of your, what are some of your experiences around those reflections and how that can be valuable and how that's been valuable uh, at Harvard? Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting question, Lee. And I was, if dare I say, reflecting on that just the other day. Um, my schedule, like so many people, is just so busy. So reflection means means to me stepping off the train and, and really being able to slow down. And in fact, I was looking at my schedule yesterday and had an hour free and I said, oh, great, I can actually think, <laughs> which is dangerous, right? So I think we need to create space for reflections, especially as senior leaders in, in this industry. If we're truly going to figure out how do we create value for our students and how do we move this bus to the next level there needs to be some thinking in that and and i found one of the best ways to do that is through connection with my peers whether it be through upsia or or other associations or other meetings even even though they have to be virtual these days having someone throw out a question and it, maybe it's something that I haven't thought deeply about, and then I have a reaction to it. Then just spurs the wheels, and they and they get they get turning. Um, so that's how I answer the question. I, I think in terms of of my team and and how we look at that at Harvard is, we just have to carve space out for that, and we have to be very intentional about how how we're thinking about the future and making time to plan plan for the future. So. And that was a long-winded answer. I'm not sure I have the magic bullet, but especially now, as things are changing so rapidly, and at the same time, we can't make rash decisions and rash movements about the best way to go. Things have to be reflective and planful, and you can't do that unless you carve out the space to really do that in a meaningful way. So, on the in the short term, I mean, I'm I'm I know you've adjusted as many others have. Uh, what are some of the short-term things that you see happening in this upcoming year of 2021 and, and uh, you know, either at Harvard or at higher ed in, in general? 
Yeah, um, that's a great question, Lee. And, and one of the things that has always been near and dear to my heart, but I think the time is right for it now is given given how folks were forced to go online for their educational options, and, and you mentioned it, you know, some have had good experiences, some have not. Now is really the time to think about globalization more in higher ed. And how do we, you know, I, I'm in this business because I believe that education changes lives. And uh, our mission at Harvard is is one of um, if, you know is one of them is, is access, right? And how can we create pathways for people across the world to get an education that wouldn't necessarily otherwise be available to them? So um, as we think about that, what we're thinking about right now within Harvard Continuing Ed is how do we create experiences for students from around the world to come together in a meaningful way. We've, we've got plenty of international students and we're grateful for them, but many of them find us by happenstance and half of them are getting up in the middle of the night to take some of our classes. But we're really intentionally thinking about the linkages between um, students and just creating these conversations about you know, maybe it's an English, maybe it's an English literature conversation or something else that's a little bit more mundane and not politically driven that can bring people together in global understanding. So that is both a short-term and a long-term goal for us. Um, We are thinking about, as everybody is, what's next after Zoom, right? Online learning does not equal, whatever that sign is, does not equal Zoom. So what can we do that builds more student engagement in the classroom and really um, meets students where they are. That's very much on the radar screen immediately, but also needs to continue to be an online goal. And maybe some of that is incremental innovation and in, in how and in how we approach that. Right, right. I too believe education is one of the most transforming, can be one of the most life transforming experiences people can have. And, and uh we actually launched MindMax uh, with the tagline "Making Education Accessible," um, mm-hmm. because you know I, I think access is something that has been a, a challenge for you know for centuries, quite frankly, not just you know recently. And and we are breaking through huge barriers. You are breaking through huge barriers with that. So, um, and a, a simple axiom in business that I learned a long time ago is be easy to do business with. <laughs> and and uh, I think, uh, you know, finding ways to make that process of getting access to that education easier or simpler, as you said, is a, is a great, great thought. So in a, in a longer term perspective, whether it's, you know, your, your role looking at, um, you know, UPCA or Harvard or higher ed in general, you know, two years out, you know, 2022 and beyond, you know, what are some of the, I, I look at this experience as being a catalyzing experience in a lot of ways. What are some of the transformations or, or you know, longer term changes that you see happening that'll be around for a while? Yeah. So I think the obvious response to that question is some of the technological innovations that we know people are working on, artificial intelligence and education, some of those things. But I'm not going to go there, Lee. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick close to, to a subject that, that really uh, has been something I've always been passionate about, and that's putting the student at the center on, of things. I think, you know, we know particularly younger generations that that are coming through, they have a different mindset about this. They want education, but they want it to be on their terms, and they've got a set of values, and they want it to integrate with, with their life. They don't want to put their life on hold to be able to do this. So I think we need to really think through that. Number one, again, 
How do we make it easy, but how do we make education fit in to a student's roadmap um, so that they can continue to avail themselves of, of our programs and services without upending, upending their life? Um, I, we also are thinking very deeply about, you know, we've got these four educational units within the Division of Continuing Ed at Harvard, and they really serve different markets. So in theory, you could come into Harvard Continuing Ed as a 15-year-old pre-college student and continue through a series of our programs way up until your retirement years. You know, we have an Institute for Learning and Retirement, and that is very mod- very much modeled on the 60-year curriculum concept, right? We want to be a lifetime center for people to come to when they need or want education, whether that be career education, personal enrichment, whatever their educational needs are. So again, how can we link those things? Because right now you come into our system as a, as a summer student, and then you want to sign up for an extension class and we don't always make it easy for you. Right. But imagine if there was a technology platform or if there was just a way to recognize you, similar to when you call FedEx for a package pickup, right? They know who you are and they know what you've done with them to help students foster that. I think there's also this this obligation that we have as higher ed professionals to think about what's coming next in terms of, you know, we've all heard jobs for the future. We We don't know what's coming. So how do we prepare our students for that? I think we have an obligation to get engaged in that conversation and talk to employers and do the research and figure out how we can be a value there and how we can continue to offer these cutting edge programs that would prepare folks for jobs in the future and not just specific skills, but also in terms of more, you know, 21st century skills that we've been talking about for a while, problem solving and communication and writing and all those things that students need to be good at. That's even more important, and I see that being even more and more important continuing into the future. So those are some things that that we're starting to think about um, as as we look as we look to the future. But I also want to be just pull back just a little bit because it's fine to take a look five and ten years into the future now, but so much we don't know. And to you know, because because as a new leader, I'm constantly asked. What's the plan? What's your vision? What's the strategic plan? And so I have a plan. It's a little bit of an interim plan right now because we just don't know. So let's continue to think about the future, but get through the situation we're in right now and then really solidify some plans in the future. So I know that's that's a little nebulous, but that's how I'm thinking about it. And that's how I usually respond to that question about what does the future look like and what's your plan and how does this tie into the strategy? I love your, you know, first comment in terms of keeping it student-centered or putting the student in the center. Um, I'd be interested in some of the challenges you see uh, with different populations uh, in getting, um, I'll, I'll call it alignment or support or however you want to describe that, and and ideas you might have around how to get more parties on board with that mindset. Mm. Uh, so that's an easy question, Lee. I'm, I'm laughing now. Um, I think it's a question that we're used to answering because particularly at the Harvard Extension School, which is the degree granting school that is part of continuing education, we have an open enrollment mission. So anyone can come and take a class with us and um, basically earn their way into a degree program. So we are used to a, really a variety of students from well-prepared to not so well prepared. And we're always thinking holistically about 
How can we support the lowest learner need, right? So that they can be successful in our programs. And ultimately, you know, after a student takes a couple of classes, then they can apply for admission and potentially be part of one of our degree programs. But just this, it's open for everybody, right? So anyone can try to, to get in as long as they can be academically successful at Harvard. So we're always used to looking at that lowest common denominator and figuring out how can we help? How can we help that group? And when I talk about access mission and what we think about the future, it's that opportunity that we're really interested in continuing to expand and what we really think can be impactful. Great, great. Well, thank you very much, Nancy. Any closing thoughts or, or um, additional thoughts you'd like to share? Just just one, and, and that's, you know, Lee, I'm grateful for the opportunity to talk about this. I think we, we as higher ed professionals, in particular PCO professionals, need to continue the conversation about how we're thinking and, and how we're driving innovation and how we can provide value to not only our student and faculty base, but to the rest of the institution as well. There's so much to be learned in what we do. And we're not gonna, we're not gonna be able to pass that bar unless we continue to tell our story in a meaningful way. So I would just encourage others to, to do exactly that and um, you know, continue the conversation with peers and, and with folks like yourself. So thanks so much again for inviting me. This has been another interesting mind maxing podcast. Please listen to the other podcasts on this series or look for us later this summer when we release our next series of podcasts.